Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. We've just learned in our scripture from Elijah that the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. When we hear about a family, a member or a friend that has wandered away, the very first thing we do is we don't go to them. We begin praying to God. God, I know it's your will to restore them. Do we know that? Yes, it is. God's will is for every person to be restored from their sin, forgiven. Nothing can be more intimidating than to approach someone who is currently wandering away from the life of faith. Whether it's because we have our own sins we struggle with or we fear a confrontation, it's not always easy to do. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark gives us some important guidance for an otherwise sensitive topic. In our message, we learn the importance of handling the situation through the guidance of the Spirit in prayer. Rather than jumping headfirst into a delicate matter, Pastor Mark encourages us to do so with wisdom and grace. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of James, chapter 5, verse 19 with his continuing study entitled, The Power and Wide Influence of Prayer. If you as a Christian see someone that's wandered off and you have a relationship with them, you kind of know, you go and bring them back. So is it James saying that? Or... Do we now see the heart of God speaking to us? You see, James is saying it, but it's the heart of God. He loves every single one of you. He doesn't want you to be lost. That's why he sent his son. And it's the heart of God, just as you saw Jesus. He goes after the one It's the wonderful heart of God and God's grace in action. Now keep your finger right there. Turn back to the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 6. You can actually go forward. James, put your finger there. Go forward to the book of Galatians chapter 6. Now this is a great picture again. Watch how it reads. Galatians 6.1. All of our campuses, those of you watching online, here we go. Brothers... If someone is caught in a sin, so he's talking to brothers, sisters, Christians, they're, they're in a sinful lifestyle. You who are spiritual should restore him. How does it say? Hello, I, okay, let's get there. How, how should I restore him? Gently. Now look at me. And this is a great passage of scripture because that word restore in the original language kind of talks about a broken bone. How many of you have ever had a broken bone? Let me see. Okay. And you go to the doctor. 
put you through the machine. Is it broken or not? Yeah, it's broken. It's going to have to be realigned. How would you like that broken arm realigned? The guy says, I'm sorry, we don't have any drugs. Uh, I can't do surgery. Put your arm here. I'm going to fix it. <laughs> How many go for that? No, you're going to say, give me drugs. Please give me drugs. And, and would you realign it? How? Very, tell me, very gently. So what, what are we learning? It's not just about going to the person, but you're going to see in a moment, when we restore them, we do it as if there was a broken bone in their body. We do it like we'd like to be restored. Do you get it? So we're to restore him or her gently, realizing, look at the last part of the verse, huge part of the verse, but watch yourself or you may also be tempted and fall into sin and have a spiritual broken bone. So how do I go to people who are God shows me the individual. They've walked away from God. I know them. How do I go to them? Well, I can ignore them. Many people do. It's none of my business. I'm not getting involved in that. No, 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 no. The Bible says you are your brother's keeper. See, the church is a family. Could I hear an amen? We're a family. We care for each other. And so the first option, seeing that drowning person, well, I'm too busy. No, 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 no. If God shows you the person, you have to be involved. The second option is not valid either. You're not going to say somebody out there, you go to them and say, well, God brought me to you and I'm going to help you get restored. What in the world were you thinking? Are you an idiot or what? You're in that sin? You're living together? With You're gambling? You're cheating at work? You're totally useless. I don't know if God can restore you or not, but let's give it a try. Oh, praise God, I'll go right with you right now. This is fantastic. No, you don't restore them like that. The third option we did before, do you remember what we did? We do it the right way. I get involved personally. There's hope on the way. God loves you. I'm coming after you, and we're going to get together and watch God restore you. See, it's how we do it that matters. It's how we do it that matters. Now, here's what I want you to write. This is how we do it. We restore the wandering Christ follower with love and grace and compassion. And why humility? Well, we were just warned in Galatians that if I'm not careful, I can wander away. How would I like to be restored? The same exact way. With grace and compassion We're not here to bring them back for judgment. We're to bring them back to God so he can restore them. I want everybody to look at me, and you'll understand this in a moment. The church is not only a family. Look at me. The church is a hospital. All of us were dead in our trespasses and sins till we came to Christ. You were revived by God. You were bought to life by God. And we have wounded people, and we need to go and restore them and help them. He said, well, Pastor Michael, I don't like a church like that with messy people. Well, then you're not going to be in any church because we're all messy people. Could I hear an amen right there? 
and we get into messy stuff all over the place. That's just what life's all about. And we have a God that cares for us. He didn't come to condemn us. He came to save us. This church is a hospital. It's a spiritual hospital. And we have a privilege and a responsibility to helping people get restored. Now, we're going to bring them back, not for judgment. I can't wait till you get in front of the elders. Watch what happens here, man. No, for repentance and restoration. That's going to happen to many of you this morning. You're going to realize that you used to walk with God, but now that you're alive, you've walked away. And God's going to restore you and put you back on the right path this morning. Now, go back to James chapter 5, verse 19, where you were. Let me to show you. It says, if one of you should wander from the truth, someone should bring him or her back. How do we go to them? How do we go to them? Two ways to go to them. Let's write it down this morning. Here's the first way. All of our campuses, we go after them first with prayer. We go after them spiritually. We've just learned in our scripture from Elijah that the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. When we hear about a family a member or a friend that has wandered away, the very first thing we do is we don't go to them. We begin praying to God. God, I know it's your will to restore them. Do we know that? Yes, it is. God's will is for every person to be restored from their sin, forgiven. Thus, I can pray in faith knowing that God will do it. We must be, as we heard Elijah, persistent and patient. Look at me. As I pray for somebody coming back, I wish I could say this. When I go to a person and I discover that they've walked away, I, and, and I lovingly talk to them and say, come on, come on, let's go back. I wish I could say to you, they, they immediately always come back. No, they don't. Sometimes it's a process. And you can't get frustrated. So I have to pray with persistence. Remember? Seven times waiting for the cloud to come. People don't come immediately. It just takes patience. You'll discover, and I'll say it when we get to the end, when we do altar calls, the first person to come is the bravest, is the most difficult. But once there's one, the gates open. See, it's, it's the one, but we have to be patient because God is speaking to people's hearts. He's speaking to your heart right now. Some of you are not Christians. This is the day you're going to get saved. Your sins are going to be forgiven. But we have to be patient because God works in the heart and, and they didn't get there overnight. And sometimes it's a process. So I have to pray and believe. Now, we, what am I praying for? Two things. I'm praying, number one, that God would open their eyes to see the trouble they're in. You'll see how big that trouble is in a minute. See, very often, we forget that sin's deceptive. And we don't see what's really happening. And I can't open their eyes, but God can. And they can go, man, I'm in, I didn't realize I was in that much trouble. And second, then I pray, God, give me an opening to be able to go to them. Here's the second thing you want to write. I pray spiritually first for them. And second, I go after them in person, one-to-one. -one. And I'm praying for God to give me an opening where I can actually go to them and lovingly confront them. In other words, as I do that, good things are going to happen in their life. And when I go to them, remember, how do I go to them? Humble, gentle, filled with love and compassion. And God uses you, and God uses me, 
God uses you, God uses you and me to go. But we don't restore them. God restores them. Don't get a big head here. But we do go. God doesn't go to them. He goes to them in spirit, but you and I go physically to them. That's the big deal. This morning, I'm teaching the word. I don't save anybody. God does it. But it's through his truth. Now, as you think about that, let me challenge you with one more thing. Look at verse 20. Here's what we don't understand. How big a change happens when people come back to Christ or when come to Christ the very first time. Look at verse 20. Remember this. Whoever turns a sinner... Christ follower, from their, the error of their way, they followed Christ, they're still a Christ follower, but they got off, they backslidden, they got off the path, will save him from death, whoa, and cover a multitude of sins. You see, look at me, when, when a person is restored, that is just the beginning. You see, we all know that sin it has devastating effects in our lives. Sin destroys the joy of our salvation, eliminates purpose and meaning. Finally, one day, David, after he sinned, never would repent. He said, God, I'm repenting. Restore the joy of my salvation. These people realize, but they've forgotten what, how great it was to serve God. And remember, there's also consequences to sin. So the longer they're there, the more consequences they're going to suffer because they've sinned. I've been counseling people for, well, informal kind of counseling as pastor and elder and that stuff like that, for more than 40 years. And I cannot tell you how many times people have come into the office and they sit down and they say this to me, I don't know how I got this far away from God. I, I can't believe it. I can't believe what I've done. Well, let me show you how that works. Here it is. Somebody wrote this, and it's very powerful. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. See, if I, if I restore a person, I, I'm going to save them from going deeper and deeper and farther away from God. We have a picture of Lot in the Old Testament, Abraham's nephew. And Lot chose to go near Sodom. You know what Sodom is, Sodom and Gomorrah. Sin, a lifestyle, a city of sin, homosexuality, and all kinds of raping and stuff like that. And, and Lot chose to go there because it was good land. And the first thing we see is Lot camps by Sodom. He's outside of Sodom. The next week, thing we see is he moves his family into Sodom. His daughters are affected. His wife's affected, the whole family. And the last thing we see, Sodom moves into them. See, when we restore a person, we save them from going way farther than they could have ever imagined. Sin will take you farther than you ever would want to go. Number two, it'll keep you longer than you want to stay. Some of you have been away from God, and now you realize, man, it's been a long time. How in the world did I get here? It's time to come home. Today's the day of salvation. Some of you have never accepted Christ. Today is the day of salvation. And last, and it will cost you more than you want to pay. You see, look at that verse again. It will save a person from death. 
There's three kinds of death. Death means separation. The first kind of death is physical. We're all going to die. You know that. In the book of Corinthians, people were making fun at communion, and they ended up dying short of their age span. God's judgment. The second kind of death is spiritual. It's here's a sinful man and a holy God. That's spiritual death. We're separated from God. So that restores them back. When they, when they get restored, they're restored fully back in relationship with God. It's a relationship. It's not religion. The third kind of death, you don't even think about. It's eternity. It's eternal death. See, the moment you die, you will live somewhere forever. We don't get that because we can't figure it out. But there's only two ways to do life, with God or without God. And, and if I'm separated from God at death, don't get restored. Never come to Christ. You will be in hell forever, separated from a loving God. Don't blame God for that. It's because you refuse to come to his love and grace. It's up to you. He died for the whole world, the son, but you have to choose. So understand what James is saying. This person that gets restored, it prevents that further crazy lifestyle of getting into more stuff. And, and pretty soon you look, how in the world did I get into all this? It started with this little move, this little wonder in a way. It's because sin is incredibly deceptive. Next. Look, and I want you to write this down. He says this in that verse, and cover a multitude of sins. Here's what happens. Being restored, write it down this morning. Being restored by our loving God covers all our sins. See, once I'm restored, I can begin again following Jesus on the right path. This morning, you guys that are going to come and get restored or be born again, you can begin on the right path to spiritual maturity. Once restored then there's a big deal with this. Once you're restored, when you think about this, here's what happens. All your sins are covered. Here's what Satan says when we get away from God. We even feel guilty coming to church. And Satan says, well, God isn't going to forgive you of that. If the people here knew what you did, are you, you hypocrite, they would, they would go, get out of this church. No. His love, his blood covers a multitude of sins. When you come back to God or come to God for the first time, all your sins are forgiven and they're cast as far as the east and the west. God doesn't remember. See, he doesn't care about you. He already knows you're first. He knows, you're, he knows what you've been doing. He doesn't care about that. He wants you to come home and give you a brand new start today. That's the grace of God. You say, well, that's undeserved. Huh? Yes, exactly. It's called grace. That's why we're here. So don't let Satan speak to your mind and say, he won't forgive that. Oh, he forgives everything and gives you a brand new start. Now, as you think about toward the end, I want to challenge you with something. Here's what I've discovered in my life. Once you get restored, you've wandered away. Once you come back, you know what God will do? He will use you to go to a life of another person who is wondering, and you can say to them, been there, done that, I bought the t-shirt. And I'm going to tell you, I know you don't believe it, but God can restore you and you can start again today. See, that's what God does. That's an amazing thing. When we've been hurt and God heals us, if you're a parent and you lost a baby during pregnancy, you know who you want to hear from? Another mother 
who lost a baby during pregnancy and as God has healed them and restored the joy of the life. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when a person walks away from God, you're so useful to God in the future because you have the right attitude. You're not going to be proud because you did blow it. But there's a warning for all of us this morning. Every Christian, every Christ follower at Vieira, Sebastian, those of you watching online, guys in the comments, cafeteria, guys in the balcony, we have a warning. Take a look at this warning. It's for you and it's for me this morning. Take a look. Hebrews 2.1. So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard or we may drift away from it. Let me read it differently. Mark, you must listen very carefully to the truth and do it. Or Mark, you may drift away. Oh, Pastor Mark, I would never drift away. You may drift away. He's a great deceiver. That's why none of us here are proud. You were saved by grace and grace alone. You didn't earn it. I don't care who you think you are. It is amazing grace. It's unbelievable love. So let me tell you how we're going to end the service this morning. Just keep your Bibles where they're at. I end early for a purpose. Here's what's happened this morning. God has done this to you. I can't save you, but I've spoken truth to you. You have to respond. You have to grab hold of this and say, I want to be restored. Or I want to come to Christ for the very first time. If you need to come to Christ for the very first time, some of you say, well, what does that really mean? It's personal. You have to admit you're a sinner. You have to admit that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. He did. He will save you. And you just receive this gift by faith. It's the start. It's an event. And then you begin following Jesus Christ. Not about a church. Not about religion. It's a relationship with God. Some of you have never, ever taken that step. This is the day to do it. Some of you have wandered from God. You remember when you walked with God. But you're far from God this morning. You don't understand how you got there, but he wants to restore you. This is not like a formal church service. This is your eternal destiny. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I'll wait till another time. I've discovered this truth. You wait, your heart gets harder. And the next time, you don't even hear God speak. Don't be there this morning grabbing onto your seat. Just let go and do what God wants. See, there's a battle right now in your minds. Well, if I go, somebody's going to think... The only person you want to care about who thinks about you is God. We love you. This is a hospital. We got saved the same way. There's nobody different here. Nobody got like, you know, I got saved different because my dad was a pastor. My grandpa was a pastor. (laughs) No, I had to say I'm a sinner. I need help. So there's nobody here laughing at you. They're going to be cheering for you. Because we know what God does. He does it by grace. All of us are saved by grace. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark addressed the importance of maintaining grace and wisdom when it comes to exhortation. Rather than condemning those who wander from the faith, we learned that we should first approach the situation in prayer above all else. Once we've done this, Pastor Mark reminds us that patience and persistence are just as crucial since the results aren't always immediate. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. 
Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Now be sure and tune in next time as we join Pastor Mark for a brand new series in God's Word. It's our hope and prayer that as Pastor Mark has taught through the book of James, that you've been drawn closer to Jesus. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurry.